Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. Hello, and welcome to an Eldritch Dream Games production of the Eterna Podcast. This podcast is made possible by our patrons. From the LCP D&D podcast, we have Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, and Brian Bridges. From our sister podcast, Dustress, as well as the Hex Grid Heroes Network, we have Don Bewley. And also from Dustress, as well as Action Forge, we have Brian Rafe. Please stay tuned after the story to hear about the great projects these guys are working on. And thank you so much for supporting us. We're going to go ahead and start this episode out with a couple more entries from Riley's journal before diving right back into what the party's doing. Twenty eighth of Hish. Victoria. It has been more than a week since last I wrote. Although my health has returned, I am afraid to admit that I nearly lost my life seeking to rid myself of lycanthropy. Wolfsbane is indeed a vicious poison, one I would wish never to experience again. Though, when I think of my options, of either never seeing you again or returning to you as something less than human, I begin to fear my own sense of selfishness. Even as I write, I can imagine the face you will make upon reading this, all furrowed brows and bitten lips. But I ask you to know this, Vic, that my life was in the hands of trustworthy allies. Leaf, Brock, and Adira never left my side through the worst of the poison. If it is true that I am reckless, there must be some comfort in knowing I have the concern of such compassionate friends to cushion my falls. Regardless, I am as healthy today as I ever have been, although I regretfully write that I cannot say the same for the company. Our brief stay in Thorn changed the course of many fates, some good, such as Nina Bourne now hopefully rid of her affliction, and her family's debt having been paid in full. Some regretful, Lark having departed the company to seek a cure for his own curse. And others dire, foresight's disappearance after associating with yet another mysterious apparition. Lark's departure has laid much weight upon my heart. His truth he takes with him, and I regret not having learned more of the man. Though I trust his journeys will see him well, I will dearly miss his companionship. Perhaps, friend, we will meet once again. May the sun guide you to the warmth you seek. As you might imagine, Vic, all the concern Brock, Adira, and I had for Foresight's disappearance, Leaf took upon himself and doubled. 
It is troubling how powerless the four of us are in this instance and through Adira's words. I realize our only hope of finding foresights means relying on the specter that haunts her and Leaf. In time, I suppose, this entity will prove its usefulness. There will be no forgetting foresight. Once you and I are reunited, Vic, and we see Leaf's mission to completion, we will take upon the world looking for ways to find him. It is as good a reason as most to travel, is it not? The rest of our company finds resolve in our rapid approach to Starlight. I can tell Clint is eager to return home and be done with adventures if only for a time. Our travels have been particularly harsh on Leaf, and though he finds more comfort in woodlands than cities, I am hopeful that a new environment, and meeting you of course, will help liven his spirits. As for Brock and Adira, well, I hope that upon wrapping up our various loose ends, I might spend some time enjoying the city in your and Brock's company. I would much enjoy discovering more of his beliefs, history, and, if agreeable, his combat prowess. Adira, well, she recently revealed an ability to peer into the pasts of others through physical contact, though this power acts both ways. The poor woman, she cannot touch another without sharing more of herself than anyone would be comfortable with. It frightens her, forcing upon others the horrors of her past. But to be honest, Vic, what frightens me more is this fear of hers poisoning her sense of community. This woman does not deserve to be an outcast, neither by her own design nor the make of others. But I do believe I have written long into the nights, and the slumber of my companions makes me envious for dreams of my own. I will see you soon, Victoria. Yours, Riley V. Morheim. Third of Approach Victoria We arrive in starlight tomorrow. Even from our campsites, we can see the horizon decorated by lights and buildings. My heart finds warmth and comfort so similar to home, but I know it is not the design of a city that beckons me. No, Vic, as lively as the city life may be, there's always a twisted underbelly. You know, I have not felt real comfort in a city's walls since my father's death. But tonight I know the reason my hand shakes as I write. It's because on the morrow you and I shall be reunited. Though I know not your current state, know not what the Callistrians have done to you since your departure, I do know that the need to see you again is like that of thirst or hunger. I had come to know a world without dreams the moments you were taken from Solaria. Vic, those days were dark and dismal, and I was beaten at every turn I took. 
and to be honest, I have grown quite fond of my companions, but fear that should they look upon me for guidance and leadership, what then if I again become that hollow wreck of a man? What if I am nothing more, and this life I lead is but a facade? My eagerness to see you again matches these concerns, and so does a wicked sense of doubt grow. The man I am today would make my father proud, and is all that I ever shared with you in our youth. But I know now that like a poison, the capacity to be something less and something foul haunts me. That past is eternal and awaits I most certainly must bear. I dare not think more of such things. You and my friends deserve better than that, and so it shall be. Victoria, you once told me that if I ever needed you, I need only call and you would find me. Stubborn as I am, I never called. Your illness frightened me, and I could not have you suffering on my behalf. So desperately do I wish you health, because I need you, Vic. This world is supposed to be ours to explore. Until tomorrow, Riley V. Morheim. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z, Riley almost died. Y'all had taken care of him and set off to Starlight. After a couple of weeks of travel, uh, y'all had arrived in the City of Stars. And y'all spent a lot of time unpacking uh, the two carts, unloading stuff into Clint's museum, looking around and all together just kind of <clears throat> finishing up your employment with the man. Uh, he did offer to let you stay in his modest, excuse me, in his relatively modest home uh, should you be unable to find additional dwelling. And I believe we ended with people either deciding to go out or go to bed. That sounds like us. I believe this. <laughs> okay. I need to know something else before I dare go shopping, though. Okay. Has Box eaten or breaking all his toys, or does he still have toys left? <laughs> um, I would say he still has toys left. Okay. He does not eat his toys at all. I was about to say, does, does Box even eat? No, but he was trying to eat the string that time. No. He, he seems to he, like he to chew by on standing things. In dirt. It feels good on his gums. He's still teething. Yeah, he, li he likes to chew on things. <laughs> so, y'all had gotten me y'all's shopping information for the most part. Um... It is, it is the evening of the 5th of Approach. Well, I say evening. It is 
late in the day for the lot of you. You've been offered a place effectively on Leaf's couch and floor. Uh, and Clance. The... Clance. <laughs> Who did I say? You said Leaf. Leaf. Oh. Uh, I mean, all elves look the same. What, are, what can I say? Sean! Uh, wow! <laughs> Well, Jeez, technically, dude. this is the guy. This is coming from the guy who put Elf Murder Castle in his world. So, what do you expect? <laughs> Fair point. Woof. Uh, it's 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 Mr. Mansfield talking. Uh, no, uh, y'all have y'all have Clint's couch and floor to sleep on, and the city to explore. Who would like to go first? Before so you said I it's like money, money, mo one of you. Yeah, Late not my, not me because I'm eating. <laughs> okay, uh, Leaf keeps trying to talk. What is it, hats? What is it, boy? <laughs> oh gosh, it's a uh, late evening. You said. I uh, it it's I wouldn't even necessarily call it late evening. It's it's probably like late app, like in the term of y'all's day, it's. Certainly late afternoon to evening, somewhere in there. It's it's the pre-evening, as Sheldon Cooper would put it. Hmm. So, but, but I mean, like, are, are the shops and stuff still open? Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of... Um, okay, so in this world, because there's no proper day-night cycle, in larger settlements, most establishments never close. They have oh. somebody staffing it at all hours. Small businesses may not. They'll have time cycles. And smaller communities tend to have sort of a like a, a time that they adhere to. Everybody gets up around the same time, goes to bed around the same time. But all in right. big cities like this, this the uh, the night never ends. So I can live with that. So um, Leaf would like to go out shopping all right uh specifically for the things discussed yesterday <laughs> yes um i have your um poison of human killing uh all right it's, cool it's extra <laughs> <cheap>. uh <laughs> doesn't bother me i'm not affected yeah well yeah. fuck you too okay jeez this, this payback for elf murder castle you sons of bitches <laughs> <laughs> um but yes you go out and you find all the things you need to uh make those things you discuss with me you find fancy metal you find a cracked gemstone or you find a decent gemstone you crack it uh <laughs> however yeah. you want to do that uh you seek out and price furnishing uh, and all the other materials you need to make the items you desire. Ow. <laughs> they hurt. They hurt a lot. Are you okay? Do you need a yeah. band-aid? We're, we're here for you if you need if you need moral support for your ouchie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's quite alright. I, I, I can live without the foot. Um. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Troy. God damn. 
God damn it, Troy. All right, so Leaf, you set out, and it probably takes you a while to find these things. I'd say probably about three hours, uh, because they are a little bit eclectic uh, in nature. Uh, but you are able to gather them nonetheless. And you already edited your gold, right? It looked like you did. That is correct. Yes. Okay. If, if I haven't, then a grave mistake has been done in my inventory. Yes, I would say. So you now have the equivalent of 366 gold remaining. Correct, Amundo. I've spent a lot of gold over there. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> yeah, he's going <laughs> to kill all of you. It'll all be worth it. Do you have any idea how hard it is to find plutonium in a medieval city? <laughs> Actually, I do. There was this one time where I was at one, and uh, let me tell you, I was looking for hours to find some plutonium. Got all these looks from the other people at the Ren Fair? What the fuck? <laughs> well, how else are you going to recharge the neutrinos, Cadillac? <clears throat> Scott! <laughs> Anybody who gets that reference, thank you. I was just laughing because you said Neutrinos. I didn't actually. <laughs> I'm this is embarrassing. I'm sad at you, man. <laughs> Don't sad at me, bro. <laughs> I'm sad at you, bro. <laughs> Don't sad at me, bro. Well, since I'm sadding at you, Riley, uh, yes. shall, shall... Hello. Hi. Oh, I thought we were doing Riley, but this is okay, too. That's fine. You know, whatever. I mean, he's getting, he's getting a sandwich. I feel like that's more important. Significantly more important. You could honestly replace my entire character with a sandwich. And it'll be fine. I mean, I don't know if any of us would even notice. Probably not. I'm probably going to do it next time we play. <laughs> All right. So, since I'm yeah. sad, yeah. <laughs> stop it. Uh, let, let's go with Riley's shopping. Uh, yes. You set out into the town of Star... Or the, the fucking city. The city of Starlight. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, I, I, I want to ask, are you looking for Victoria first or are you going shopping first? So, since you described it as uh, pre-evening... I think um, Riley's going to do what he can to contain his excitements and go put in some orders with the local townsfolk first and probably against um, his uh, immediate urges, wait until th tomorrow, <laughs> I guess, to uh, seek her out. Okay. Um, so you find a tailor's uh, and commission... Four, four cloaks to which I will not expound upon until they are received. Yes, yes, I'm going to be so warm with four cloaks. This is great. Everything comes together. <laughs> yep, extra, extra sweaty. You planning a trip to the mountains, are you? Eventually, yes. yes. I'm just forward thinking. No, they're, they're four cloaks. F-O-R-E cloaks. They're fork like, cloaks? Like covered no, in forks? F -O -R -E. Four cloaks. 
There's not like, an E in no, fork. Arm, but it's a forklift. I think you're misspelling fork. Is that, but... is that used for playing golf? You just throw the cloak and still be yelling four. <laughs> no, if you, you stand in place. No, if you stand in place and you twirl, you can collect spaghetti quite easily. <laughs> well, it's they're of excellent quality, so they can do both of these things. No, they are fine. <laughs> okay, listen, it was a joke, Sean. Calm down. Well, god damn it. I, I guess how, I fucked up. I, we need to we need to stop right now. How, and, how and dare you not be everything. specific in your in your joking. I <laughs> guess that would make all up. facts accurate when you make jokes. Thank you very yes. much. Everyone calm down. The fun police is here. Let's carry on. Uh, at least it's not the pun patrol. Uh, we'd be in real trouble. That would make him an imposter. <laughs> you, you commissioned four cloaks they should be done uh probably in two days uh you take your rapier to a smith's indeed and seek to have it improved upon uh reforged to yes uh to expound. Uh, looking around the town, you find a fine dwarven smith, uh, smithy called the Sonic Hammer. The Sonic Hammer. Yes. Does it go fast? <laughs> we were all thinking so fast. it. Um, the fastest forger alive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he he is uh, he, he's willing to take on your your task uh though he is quite busy so he says it'll it'll likely be about a week before he starts on it uh but then it will only take about mm, four or five days for him to do so i'm looking at two weeks that's fine right he says if you pay half up front you can actually keep it on you until he needs it oh yeah, that's fine. I was actually planning to just pay him all up front and fuck it. <laughs> yeah. that, that is fine. So, yeah. However you want to do. Yes. Um, in his shop is also a very light and well-crafted chain shirt, which you purchase. Perfect. Um... You also leave with one of his assistants, your buckler, who, mm -hmm. uh, or with one of his assistants, who will upgrade your buckler. And uh, on a rack labeled uh, Beast Hunter's Weapons, you find another rapier of excellent quality and of a silver material. Yes, this will do nicely. You also stop by the general store and pick up a healer's kit. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, how long uh, on the buckler? What's the estimate for that? Uh, um, three days wait for um, commissions, but uh, after that, two days. As it's a simple upgrade. Okay. 
I'm assuming like with the rapier, I can hold on to it until they actually yes need it. Okay, sounds good. Uh, you sign away your soul. I mean your your weaponry and gear, and not at all your soul uh, or your gold, and uh, await the time to bring in your equipment. It does seem like these places are quite busy and uh, running fairly nonstop. The city as a whole bustles very actively and talk of the New Year's celebration is already uh, spread throughout the town uh, as people are beginning early to prepare. Awesome. Then, I mean, yeah, to uh, quell a little bit of Riley's excitement for uh, potentially finding Victoria, he probably consistently engages the locals in conversation as he shops. All right. Uh, go ahead and give me a diplomacy check. That's an 18. All right. So as as you go around town and are speaking with uh all these people you hear that they're be because uh this is the uh ten thousandth uh new year uh according to uh the uh celestial calendars they are making like normally the party like starts three or four days before and cow carries over two or three days after uh the new year but this year they're going to be fucking going nuts and it's going to be over a week in every direction uh <laughs> like they people are bringing shit together there are giant uh casks of wine ale and mead being pulled through the streets on carts there are uh people from all over commissioning extravagant and exuberant things uh to be made with materials both common and rare uh it's going to be fucking like burning man in the city sort of <laughs> situation uh and people are absolutely kind of like losing their shit over it well, it sounds like a joyous time of celebration in which nothing terrible absolutely will happen at all whatsoever. Nothing possibly could go wrong. No, nope, I'm excited. Not, not anything could possibly go wrong and not not any tragedy at all. Hey, when has there ever in the history of writing ever been a huge positive buildup only to be quickly just opposed with a horrific event? Never. Yeah, never. Well, I think. You can imagine that plenty of people are going to die of alcohol poisoning. Yeah, but that's like, what's a good party without at least 30, okay. 40, 50 alcohol poisoning deaths? <laughs> um, a good party. Um, does not does not approve. Does not, does not approve. And hey, the she, people... uh, she, is, she is all up with freedom, and she is with the freedom to drink yourself to death should you choose to. I think, I think that's a little more on the chaotic neutral side of things. That's true freedom. I I chaotic she... neutral. Nothing but freedom. Nothing but chaos. 
but <laughs> listening around and talking to people, everyone's excited. Uh, but there is a downside to all of this, and it's sort of like a, a double-edged sword to the entire situation that is kind of making some people butthurt, whether they be locals or travelers. Um, and that's that in the city, goods, services, and especially housing uh, are getting very difficult to access, uh, at least in a timely manner. Um, reservations in the inns throughout town are being filled and broken at breakneck pace. There's shortages of materials as people with a lot of money are going in and being like, no, I'll pay you a little bit extra to fuck that person over and be like, hey, you mean, you mean? And so these uh, exuberant um, things being built uh, for the entertainment and revelry are kind of causing a disparity in uh, like crafting supplies and and whatnot that the people of the town are using generally. Uh, this would actually be affecting Leaf uh, in his search of lumber as well. Oh no. Well, uh, I, I believe I can grow that now, right? I mean, you can't grow lumber. You can grow vines that you can kind of fashion into things, but it's not quite the same. Oh, you, you mean, okay, I got it for Thon. Um, yeah. I, that's, that's totally why we're here, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you can easily make facsimiles uh, with, with your current, uh, with your new spells, but... Skill set. Uh, it, is, it is not quite a two-by-four. Mm. Nor a pile of them. Um, perhaps I could try being a sweetheart and sweet-talking people into it. Perhaps you could. We'll come back to that in a bit. Or you could just wait till the party's over and everybody leaves. <laughs> that is possible. Uh, it is expected that after the actual new year, uh, some of the, some of the madness will die down. And things will become a little more reasonable. Although then when everything's destroyed after the party, it's going to be hard to find lumber because you're going to be using it to fix everything. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so, uh, Adira? Yes, I'm here. Um, you go out and you find yourself uh, your war horse. Well, I was actually, well, first of all, she wouldn't shop for that until she needed it. Second of all, she was actually going to talk to Clint before she ever left. Oh, okay. I guess I have another note here for that. Is Riley attacking me? Yes, I'm attacking you. Oh, no. We're going to, oh, we're going to have the battle. Okay, yay. <laughs> Crap, now I have to pick sides. Do I follow Riley? Dude, pick your own side. Be your own man. Feast on the loser. <laughs> yeah, I'll just let y'all fight it out and fight whoever wins. Ooh. Well, Riley's probably going to win because Adira has not hit anything like this entire fucking game. 
That is not true. Well, if it if it makes you feel any better, Brock really hasn't either. I think Adira has hit more than Brock has, but not by much. Wouldn't even be surprised. Team always fail. We'll get there, buddy. The symbol of the Riley Morheim Guild, a natural one. <laughs> yeah, but only on fort saves to avoid dying from poison. <laughs> no, that would be a two. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. Well, in my book, you're a natural number one. Oh, thanks, Taraxis. <laughs> oh, God. Or however he laughs. Close enough. Okay, so that's always active. Alright, so Brock, is Brock going out and finding anything? Did you ever decide on anything? Uh, I mean, honestly, all I would really want to look for is a couple of healing potions. Like, uh, just the basic cure light wounds. Yeah, you'd be able to find them easy enough. Is there, like, a limit? I'm looking for four, specifically, so... Uh, allow me to keep rolling. Uh, well, there are four, if that's as high as you want to go. There's yep. more than that. Nope. Four is good. Uh, and then I would do as any good dwarf does. Or good dwarf-raised Oread would do. And I'm gonna go find a tavern and drink. And while I'm there, I'm gonna ask around about... Uh, Maximilian and Shaylin, because, you know, have you seen this person? Have you seen this person? Have you seen All this right. person? So you go out, and you find yourself some healing potions relatively easily. Uh, they are in pretty good supply. It was anticipated that a high purchase rate would uh, be a thing, and they can get cranked out pretty quickly. So... Uh, you're able to find those just fine. Uh, and let's see here. I need to roll a d3. Okay. Excuse me. So, uh, you venture to a sort of a middle-class tavern. Uh, <clears throat> known as the Burnt Scale. Within the Burnt Scale, uh, it is a dwarf run and owned. Run and owned. Bleh. Owned and operated? Uh, owned and operated, yes. I thought it sounded fucking weird. Thank you. Uh... So, yes, uh, it is dwarf-owned and operated. <clears throat> uh, and above the, uh, above the bar, there is a, uh, a patch of dragon hide, uh, that is covered in scorch marks. Go ahead and make me a diplomacy check. Diplomacy check, man! I am so good at those. That's like yeah. that's like my best skill right there. 
Diplomacy? Three. Three? Three. Um, let's, let's see here. Uh, you're not... Uh, nobody seems sure. Uh, you get a whole lot of, I've seen more people in the last week than I've seen in, like, the last ten years. No. <laughs> Uh, you get, you get a lot of that. Uh, but the ale yeah. is stout and good. I wasn't expecting to find them right off the bat. Uh, I would ask, since it kind of stands out, I would probably ask the dwarven bartender behind the bar why there is a patch of burnt dragon hide on the, the thing above the door. Uh, he tells you uh, a tale that's, I'm sorry? I said I just assume there's a story behind that. Uh, there is. Uh, I won't go into extreme detail, but uh, he goes over the history of the tavern itself, uh, in which in the earlier days of of the city of Starlight, um, it was an inn, uh, which now it's a tavern with apartments uh, as opposed to being an inn. But once, not not horribly long after its founding, back when it was uh, simply uh, the Crystal Light uh, Inn, a group of wandering adventurers came through, and they stuck around in town for a while before setting out on a job. They returned uh, some weeks later with... Uh, a dead dragon uh, the size of a horse. They had befriended the owner of the time, which was actually a human man, and they'd parted ways with a part of the hide for a bit of a tail and an attraction uh, for effectively free room, board, and drinks for life. Uh, this was a long time ago, however. Uh, the taverns obviously changed ownership, but nonetheless, he keeps the dragon hide and its scorch marks uh, held high to keep in memory the name and the origins of the tavern. Are any of the people who slayed the dragon still alive? He kind of throws his brow and says it's possible if one of them was a gnome or an elf, but he's not sure and no one's come asking for their free room. Huh. Would you still give it to them if they did? He says, I keep uh, one apartment empty just for that very scenario. That is very kind of you to honor a deal you didn't make. Well, I also get to use it as a storage room, so. He, he laughs and, and is like, can I get you something to drink? What's the strongest thing you got? Strongest thing I've got? Uh, we've got some mountain whiskey here. And I'll knock you on your ass right fine and square. Yes. All right. And uh, it is two silver for a small a small cup of mountain whiskey. Gladly drink mountain whiskey. Sounds good. So while you're there and Riley is uh, learning about the events uh, expounded in town, Adira is back uh, at the museum inquiring to 
uh, inquiring to Leaf. Damn it, not again. Inquiring to Clint some things. You can't keep your elves straight. <laughs> well, I mean... Leaf is multiplying. He won't have to if he plays his cards right. <laughs> You're just way more classy with dirty jokes than I am. You know, it's funny. That's not immediately where my mind went. My my mind went to murder. I thought he was getting rid of all the other elves. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> Oh, and that's that's why you're Troy. So, Adira. Yes. What, what is it that you're asking Clint about? Um, she is wanting to know where to find, if there are any in this town, people who might specialize in ancient world history, in the history of Helios, um, in ancient artifacts and jewelry, um or antique shops shops that might specialize in such things uh well most of that describes him uh yeah well i've already talked <laughs> to him and know what he knows uh he does have a sort of pseudo library uh that he keeps of old tomes not all of which he has extensively poured over uh he says there might be some some unread history among his books there not looking so much to read but to find items that might be from the era hmm. in particular i'm trying to track down a set of jewels that was sent out of the country about two years into adira's reign that would be something very old mm -hmm. i can't say that I have anything like that. I do have some old Helosian jewelry, but I believe it only dates from about 500 years ago. And it's certainly not a, of royal scale. Um, I do have some other Helosian artifacts if you'd like to take a look, but I don't believe I have that. I have a friend that deals in jewelry of of extraordinary or old make uh, and I can contact her if she's if she's available but she may be out on an expedition she's gone more often than she's here okay uh, or I can give you her contact and address if you'd like well, I probably shouldn't just show up unannounced people tend to be afraid of me very well I'll give you some information anyway uh, She's a dwarven woman. Uh, her name's Krefa Warman. Yeah, the DM's going to have to type that in. There's no way I'm going to spell that right. Okay, well, if you can find out if she's in town and see if it would be okay for me to meet with her. I am not necessarily even, even need to... Uh, it's not like I'm looking to buy this jewelry or anything. I just need to track it from where it left Helios to where... Try to backtrack it, I guess. All right. Uh, well, if you give me uh, a description, I can keep an ear to the ground for you as well. Okay. Um, I'll get that written up. All right. Thank you very much. 
Right. Um, and he'll go ahead and show you the other things he does have, just to see if you have any interest. Um, most of it's just uh, pottery and stoneware, uh, which does date a lot closer to the time of uh, Queen Adira. However, um, m most of his other artifacts from Helios are a lot younger. Uh, and for the most part, in really good condition, uh, he does do to some degree magical restorations when he can afford to do so. Uh, stored in the back of his um, back in his uh, reliquary, um, he has jewelry, uh, which he described to you, that's in excess of what he has on display on the floor. Um, old tablets and uh, ancient halogen uh, like writing effectively think think Egyptian pictographs she will she will look over all of it and keep an eye out for any references um, to the queen of course but also to uh, King Abimelech um, to Abner and Malachi in the rebellion and to Amic, who should have taken over the reign when she died. All right. So you don't find anything specifically there, but one of the tablets he has, uh, it is a broken tablet. And it is speaking uh, in part uh, about uh, the, the death of a... Uh, of a warlord in the area. Uh, and it speaks not of any of your family that you know. However, um, the, however, one of the words near the broken edge of the tablet uh, is Bat Amic. Okay. Another relic he has that's not nearly as old is a large, uh, a very large shield, which he explains is, which is a shield of the Orin Guard, a, an organization in Helios that uh, is apparently very important in the modern day, but you are not particularly familiar with it at all. Okay, yeah, she knows nothing of more modern history. But... That is pretty much the expanse of the items he has from Helios. Okay. Well, when she's through looking for that, she will go try to find her basket stuff. While you're out uh, looking for basket stuff and able to find it, uh, you run into Leaf. Hi, Leaf! <laughs> oh, hi, Adira. Uh, just kind of like takes a step to stand directly in front of uh, Box. So you don't see what he's holding? So, finding everything you need? Most things, uh, and I'm confident I can find the rest. What about the lumber? Uh, it's uh, tough going with all the accommodations and uh, folks in town. It's it's hard to, to find the material. Yeah, there's this place is pretty crowded. Um, just be careful. Keep the vision in mind. Of course. Uh... I have box at my side, but uh, you do have a point there. I mean, if if 
it was correct. It's not going to occur until the New Year's, but just to be careful, you know. Will do. I appreciate the concern. All right. I'm I'm on my way to pick up some supplies. I'll, I'll be back in a little bit. Have fun. I am going to go buy basket supplies. Um, they're right there. Like a stall over. Yes, well, I'm going to purchase them and then I'm going to return home. Where is home? You're walking all the way to Helios? <laughs> walking back several thousand years? No, I'll, I'll go back to Clint's. You sure it's not leaves? <laughs> I'll go back to Clint's. Home is wherever the boys are. <laughs> wherever Clint is, that's where home is. <laughs> I love that guy. No, well, I was actually referring to you and Leaf and Brock, but... Oh, well, that's much more sweet than what I was saying. <laughs> Wherever my boys are, that's where home is. Holla. Back. That was like four seconds after I said my thing. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> I had enough time to take a drink and contemplate my mistakes in life before you said that. <laughs> <laughs> it, the pause was purposeful. Oh, I see. Good cover. The delay was because of how far it had to travel to hit 2001 again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeet. Shit. <laughs> but yes, uh, Leaf. Um, there, there are a few places around town where you could get small amounts of wood, uh, but nothing really on the scale of uh, what you're looking for. There is, however, a logging operation uh, near the edge of the city. That would be quite what you're looking for. Brilliant. Then uh, let's mosey on over once I, I get boxes pack situated. And uh, I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll ask for directions if anybody can point me in the right way. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, you're able to get directions easy enough. Um, I, you don't have a negative diplomacy, so. Uh, yes. Is that, a, is that a stab at somebody? You stabbing it? You stabbing at me over there? Uh, I'm. I'm not. I'm not stabbing. It's rather blunt. Don't. Don't stab at me, bro. God. No. <laughs> Stop that. So. Uh, you you make it to this logging operation, and they have they have a front end uh, for things where you you know you order lumber and whatnot. And the uh, the attendant is more than happy to take your order. He tells you, however, that with the vast number of high volume orders that they have received as of late, um, it may well be a week. Two weeks, possibly even the new year before they're able to supply such a small order. That's unfortunate. Uh, but I, I can't exactly uh, not order the lumber, so it is what it is. Uh, go ahead and give me a diplomacy. Booyah. Oh, ha. that's a seven. 
Uh, okay. Technically a nine if he's humanoid. Uh, yes. Uh, he, he is Quite. not a outsider or an aberration. I swear he is not an elder god in disguise. He's not driving you insane currently, and your life has not been an, a lie up to this point. Oh. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Anyway, uh, so you place your order. Uh, they don't grant you any special concession for you having to wait. Um, just you will have your order when they can get to it, basically. Not unreasonably, like they they gave you a time frame. Roughly. Okay, uh, I, I take it you require payment up front. Um, it's a it's a ten percent deposit if you're pre-ordering. A, a shipment uh, with the rest on arrival, basically. I will do so. Alright. How much does that uh, subtract? Uh, five gold. Oh. I thought I was buying way more lumber than this. <laughs> no, that's... Um, oh, it's you're, 50 you're gold. Right. Uh, it's 10% of 50 gold. Oh. I thought I was buying way more lumber than that. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, you can if you want to. I have to build another wagon just to haul it all back. <laughs> oh, if only. If only somebody had the capability to make a wagon. If only such secrets were not lost to the ages. If only. You may have to consider such things. <laughs> I mm. bet Clint would know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cartwright's. A long-lost profession. There are few things in this world more valuable than a cart. He seems pretty wagony. <laughs> Define wagony. Uh, use it in a sentence. You know, uh, carrying the traits of uh, wagons. And what traits might those be, Sir Leaf? Wagony ones. Oh, okay. Now I understand completely. That's all you needed to say. Let's move on. You know, the logic circular, like the wheels. That just makes sense, dude. Well, where are the spokes of logic? From what axle do they hail? It's a good thing there's no webcam in this game, because you'd see my, the spoke. <laughs> <laughs> just for, for, the pe for the peanut gallery, that's not a that's not a dick joke. I was giving him the finger. I don't oh. fucking believe you. How dare you question my authority? <laughs> His wagony authority. Oh man, that's that's bad. So you put in your order. Um, so you you could be waiting anywhere from one to four weeks for this wood, uh, depending on their load. Uh, I just plan to to check in periodically. Yeah. Um. And <clears throat> I think uh, af after what's happened so far, uh, what, what's everybody gonna do? Well, what time is it? I'd say it's been about three hours total. So, like, dinner time? Thereabouts. Then probably find some dinner. Who could have thunk? Well, Adira has is, is gotten used to the fact that in this form she has to eat. All of this pesky skin. should scrape it off. But I do. But that's okay. She also has to sleep, and, like, she gets tired, and she gets sore muscles, and, like, this life kind of sucks in comparison to, uh... Or this body kind of sucks. Uh, like <laughs> no, like the <laughs> body does, not the life itself, but like this body does. So uh, does everybody else uh, 
gather for dinner or, or seek out dinner on their own. Real quick, two things I neglected. Uh, I can sell my stuttered leather, right, for like a small amount of money. The armor I had equipped. Yes. Okay. Uh, was that like half of what it's worth? Um, yeah. Okay, so like 12? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Um, the other thing that I only thought of buying today, hence it not being on my shopping list, was if I can God stop by... damn it, Chris! No, no. <laughs> this is good, I promise. Um, real quick, Riley needs to stop by a jeweler to see if he can pick up uh, a ring. Or maybe an amulet. Or um, a bracelet, sorry, rather. Something silver, preferably. Alright. Uh, which would you prefer? Um, like, ring is thematic, but I kind of like a bracelet better. You would find two silver bracelets in your passing. Uh, you come across a jewelry shop that's not shoddy looking. And it has two silver bracelets. One of them is very simple. A sort of a coiled band. Uh, whereas the other is more of a bangle. It, it has set in it a semi-precious stone of a yellowish green tone. Uh, yellowish green? So blue no that's mm. the opposite mm. a yellowish blue would be green so a yellowish green looks like it looks like piss is what he's trying to say oh okay well that's inviting no, no. colors is hard uh, I, I did fail my kindergarten color class so <laughs> it's a this like a uh, mountain dew colored uh, a little bit mm. yeah piss mm. a little mountain dew color <laughs> No. Peridot. Oh, Pissed. okay. <laughs> no, Mountain. I think Mountain Dew is pretty apt. Um, <laughs> how much for the Mountain Dew bracelet? Um, 52 gold. <laughs> okay. Hey, the cool thing is, if you play Call of Duty while you have that bracelet equipped, you get double experience. Ooh, sick. Um, would they be able to do like a uh, very quick engraving of some sort? If I had a simple uh, symbol, maybe of stars or a star, rather. Uh, yeah, they could they could do that in probably about half an hour. Yeah, that's fine. Then that is all the shopping I need. All right. Oh, except that other thing I needed to do that also wasn't on my shopping list. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's go to dinner. All right. So do y'all gather up or just sort of individually do y'all's dinner? Ooh. Well, that depends. Do we all kind of get bound at the same time? I would say, yeah, for convenience sake. Then, yeah, we'll probably have dinner together. We do everything together, don't we? We do everything together? That's a little too much. Yeah, I don't know that y'all shit together. Oh, no. Sean. What? You're fired. Chris, <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Leaf, what are you cooking for dinner? Uh, Well, I was actually... Uh hoping that everyone would get back at the same time. I, I thought it would be nice for everyone to uh, eat dinner together on our first night in Starlight. Uh, does anyone have preferences? I think uh, Riley says that I believe uh, Chef's Choice would be perfectly fine. Okay. Uh, well, I, I think uh, given that we've come into some uh, <laughs> significant funds, uh, I might be able to do a little something extra for the meal tonight. Uh, so I, I think I can pick up some ingredients if uh, you lot don't mind waiting. I'll chip in if uh, 
You want a little extra money for it? Yes, I can also help pay for dinner. And I do not mind waiting. It is a quality meal. And I can help you carry things. <laughs> yeah, we, we can talk about compensation once everything's uh, taken care of. So, uh, then let's let's go shopping and we'll pick out uh, what looks good and uh, I'll see what I can do with the ingredients. Sounds pleasant. Uh, Riley will accompany Leaf out to maybe cut down on shopping time. Hell, let's all go. Yeah, I'll go too because it's not, not like I'm doing anything. <laughs> great, great. Sit at home playing with marbles. John, we're going to the market to buy stuff for making food. Yes, that joke I made about not having anything else to buy, I was lying. We actually have more shit to buy. Yeah, but this is as a team. Oh, we're going to diplomacy those those meat vendors so hard? Well, we. It's not we. I'm going to stand at the back while you diplomacy. Hey, I can diplomacy too. Every time he doesn't acquiesce to our demands, Brock steps a few inches closer. <laughs> Why is that rock moving closer to me? <laughs> That's Silently. where y'all go out. So tiny and unthreatening. Y'all head out into the market. So yeah, I, I mean, basically, like the thing as as we're walking through the shops and the stalls, he's looking for like super interesting, like hearty, exotic, like vegetables and like fancy cuts on meat, seafood, whatever. He's he's going for like. Like, if you ever see the, the cooking animations in, like, Monster Hunter, where it's just, like, <laughs> glistening steaks and amazing yes, massive piles of rice. Yes, that cat chops everything. Yes. Yeah, he's he's going full-on Meowster Chef. If, if Brock sees any quality right. seafood, he's going to point that out. Be like, hey, look at that. Look at that. I tried to influence you too much, but hey, look at that. So, oh, Brock, <laughs> did you come from a coastal city? Uh, no, I did not. Get a taste for seafood? I, I came from underground where we didn't have seafood. Oh, uh, I, that's, that's interesting. I, I can't imagine uh, where you would have been exposed to it, or is that something that you picked up traveling? Uh, that was that was more of a occasionally traders would come down, or occasionally I would go to the surface, and I would find some. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Uh, I've spent a lot of time traveling in the <coughs> excuse me, in the inlands, and uh, Going without something like that for so long, uh, it, it kind of creates a hunger, I suppose. So, uh, do, do you have a preference? You, shellfish, bivalves, crustaceans? Huh. Yes, I don't, I don't, I don't know the, the, the details that specifically. I'm just, I'm familiar with fish. Mostly fish. He's just, just, just going over it. I'm assuming he's at least got, like, a a decent, like, baseline culinary thing just from cooking, like, home-style meals for everybody in his travels. And he's like, well, th these tend to be a bit sweeter, and uh, these tend to go better with a more savory broth. Uh, but these, if, if you pan-sear them, just melt in your mouth. Uh, but I, I don't know if that would clash or uh, leave not enough room on the plate for the steaks. Uh, tough decisions. Uh Adira Riley, thoughts? Like while you guys are having this conversation, I picture Riley like standing nearby, almost like drooling over a nice slab of steak <laughs> at its stall. Like he's half listening and he's just staring at this large chunk of meat. So, oh, uh, I, I see you found the beef. Uh, 
<laughs> what what uh what sort of spices do they use uh where you're from there's a uh i'm a fan of uh, lemon pepper actually oh citrus wonderful uh on on the steaks well on everything of course <laughs> just a trusty have shaker ever, have you ever had lemon pepper on mashed potatoes uh I'd be willing to try it on anything. Uh, if you vouch for it, then uh, so shall it be. And, uh, you know, he, he just starts, like, pointing things out and, you know, handing out coin, being particularly generous to the shopkeepers and thanking them as graciously as he can. Uh, obviously, like, stopping for spices and, and kind of, like, touching back on the same thing. Uh, Adira, uh, since we're kind of going for a, a diverse... Uh, menu tonight do you have anything in particular uh that that you've been missing out on for a while I, I can see if i can make it um well i don't really know much about cooking um well you should have a pretty diverse uh selection between the the seafood for brock and the lemon pepper steaks for riley mm. i i think uh We've got uh, a, a lot of things covered there. We'll probably just get some fresh vegetables. But I, I think uh, if you haven't quite the experienced palate, I might try and do something special for dessert. I don't uh, get many opportunities for this type of thing uh, traveling the road, so uh, I'll, I'll make this a special occasion. And uh, just kind of like gets like a bunch of fruits and like vegetables. And uh, I, I think this should, should about cover it. Uh, Everybody ready to head back to Clint's, or uh, is there more shopping to be done? Well, I am certainly eager to get cooking over with, so we can start eating. Let's move. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's I'm, taking all I am to not tear into the meat right now, to be perfectly honest. I am oh, no. eager to try this lemon pepper on everything. Just take take all the ingredients, have everybody carry something so they feel like they're contributing. I'm uh, helping. And just do the best with the materials that we've got there. He's doing, you know, the the like pan seared steaks, and he's doing up some sautéed seafood, big mound of like mixed vegetable rice, mashed potatoes for Riley, of course, with a generous helping of lemon pepper. Uh, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> and then jokes on him, it's lime pepper. Oh, that's no oh. good. <laughs> it's green or yellow or blue. I don't really know. Color. <laughs> and then everything gets finished off with some sort of like uh, whipped like vegetable or not vegetable, um, like fruit mousse, like mango and like banana that he's just kind of like whipped until it's ultra fluffy. And uh, I, I don't know how they do it. Probably with like powdered sugar or something to give it that like extra sweetness. Maybe a little lemon pepper. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hella, I said everything. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little so sprinkle. I think, <laughs> I think that'll probably cost the group about 12 gold. And a couple of hours later, and it all comes together to this delightful feast. Uh, your group come together, crammed into a... <laughs> Small four-room house. 
Uh, did, did anybody invite, invite Clint? Yeah, I was about to ask that. Did, did we invite Clint to this, or are we just feasting like while he's just sitting over there like, oh. man, all that looks good? Oh no, where is he? <laughs> yeah, is he not around? He's yeah, just he's like around. in the other room. Uh, I was assuming we were using his kitchen to cook, so... I mean, uh, you could be like, no, this is real. Just sitting there in the other room, smelling uh, the lemon pepper. Like, mm, I wish I'd give me some of the lemon pepper. Pocket pepper, sha-sha. <laughs> so, you all have a grand feast. Enjoying. Hey. You said it was taking him a couple of hours to cook this, right? Look at your message I just sent you. Uh-oh. Yes. Hmm. So it begins. Technically, that passes. It's not great, but that's okay. It, it's, it exists. Wait, I can roll twice. <laughs> yes, you can. So you can also spend can a hero point. Wow. Would you like to <laughs> use a hero point? Yes, yes, let's do what that. What the hell are wow, you doing? Okay. <laughs> All right. You create... Uh, dur- during the two hours that dinner is coming together. Uh, this this very grand dinner. Adira is sitting over in the corner. Uh, fucking around with some, some wet reeds. <laughs> and then, when dinner is served, she approaches... Hey, Riley. Yes, Adira. She's going to reach up and uh, put a crown on your head. There. Now you're queen. It's as I always dreamed of when I was but a child. Truly, my day has come. Your dad sure did. Riley bows. And uh, when he looks back up at uh, Adira, he uh, like his eyes narrow, and in one swift motion, he draws his blade, and then knights her, and <laughs> <laughs> with all the power bestowed upon me by you, I hereby knight thee, knight Adira. May you serve our guild well. <laughs> By all the power you have given me, I give you power. It's only y'all, fair. Y'all need to let uh, Queen Riley sit at the head of the table. Oh, Adira, please. I am humble in my grace. Clint should have the head of the table. Clint just looks around awkwardly. His table is round. <laughs> that doesn't change what we said. Shapes is hard. <laughs> Riley like points to one of the chairs and like half whispers Clint that's that's the head that one right there that's what you're looking for he's already like (laughs) sitting at the table no no Clint Clint, the the, the one next to you he's trying to shuffle all the way around the other side of the table you can tell it's the head because of how it is He will awkwardly shift around, grabbing, like, a stuffed uh, reef claw or something on his way. Why did that bring on 
deadly silence. <laughs> because I was typing uh, weaved wreath crown into my inventory. Oh. That's, that's why. Riley said he wanted to be a queen. I had to make it happen. I was just wondering why it went fucking dead quiet after I just made a comment about fucking... <laughs> wow, that's pretty apt. There we go. So is, uh, is Riley wearing his crown all through dinner? All through dinner, of course he is. No, he'll take it off in, like, public, but... <laughs> You know, definitely oh, at this dinner. Oh, so that's how it is. You, you you can't be seen wearing the gift that that Adira gave you in public. All I'm saying is that I don't I don't want that uh, wreath crown to take up a head slot. I could be using for like a headband of charisma or something. It, it doesn't take up the the slot. You can still wear a headband of charisma. And oh. You can't wear two magical items in the same slot. Oh, maybe I'll just enchant the wreath. <laughs> Maybe. There you go. Hmm, interesting. I have options. This is good to know. You do have options. But, but get the one that gives a boost to all the mental stats, not mm. just charisma. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have much to consider. You do have options. You may inquire with your party about their abilities. About my party's abilities? I could sculpt you mm -hmm. a different crown if you find that one unfit. That's my ability. I don't think a rock crown would be as uh, comfortable. It would it would be a lot closer to metal. I mean, though. I have I have craft jewelry. Oh well, I didn't even need to go to a fucking jeweler, did did I? Huh. Neat. But uh, I mean, since we're bringing it up at dinner, Riley will, as part of dinner talk, will say, uh, "Leaf Brock, I do have a curious question for the two of you, if you don't mind." Please. Uh, first of all, Leaf, this dinner is delightful. It could use a little bit more lemon pepper, but I, uh, for your first time really using it, I think it's done pretty well. I would... Thank you. Is that, is that a question? No, no, it was a comments. Questions have question marks at the end of them. Well, you said you have questions for us. You said that. Yes, I was deviating. He's questioning my ability as a chef. So, anyways, um, Leaf, you, um clearly have a thing with animals and nature and all of that and Brock you are well versed in the art of rocks did your names your appropriately thematic names come before or after you manifested these capabilities I'll let Brock go first <laughs> <laughs> my uh my power is hereditary so technically it was given with the knowledge that this is what I would do, yes. So you come from a whole family of Brocks. I, I do not, know. Are Do they also have thematic names? Those who share these similar capabilities? No, they do not. <laughs> so, Brock, it is just you. I am one of a kind, yes. I hope you don't find my questions antagonistic, but from my point of view, it's as if I were to be called Swordman. <laughs> okay, now it's Swordman Morheim's company. It does have a nice sharp ring to it, admittedly. And it does get to the points. You need to get a handle on this situation. <laughs> At least a hilt. 
I actually thought their names were appropriate. I mean, their names certainly are appropriate. I It's hard to imagine, like, Brock being called Steve and Leaf being called... Brock. <laughs> also Steve. Or Brock. <laughs> Fair point, Clint. It would be very awful, awkward if Leaf were called Brock. If, if it would, if it would be easier for you, you could, you could call me Steve. No, it's the the name Brock isn't difficult. It's just a curiosity. I hope you understand. A lot of places have naming traditions. So, like my name is Adira Maka, which means strong, noble, powerful queen. And I am the daughter of Abimelech, which means my father a king or father of a king. So, like, where, well, when I came from, that was very traditional to name people that way. So these names are more like titles or legacies? Kind of, In a way. yeah. Uh, you name your child based on the attributes you want them to possess or the attributes that they're born with. That's understandable. Then they really succeeded with Brock and Leaf. Well, if if you had known, if you had known my parents, I don't think uh, you would have found them uh, uh, containing the capacity for any sort of fun or humor. Uh, but there, it is very common in my culture to uh, have names relating to nature. You know, uh, blossom, leaf. Uh, strong names. Uh, in my particular case, I, I believe it was uh, meant to imply nimbleness, like a leaf on the wind. And I must say that awfully seems fitting. And to be honest, Leaf, if your parents are as you say they are, then I'm glad you did not inherit their lack of humor. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm sure the the folks who influenced me afterwards uh, would appreciate that sentiment. And, uh, you know, I'll just kind of like clack like a teacup <laughs> up against one of the dishes. It's like a casual cheers. Yeah. Casual cheers. <laughs> casual cheers. <laughs> casual cheers. Raise glasses. I'm assuming we're like drinking Clint's wine or something. <laughs> Well, he's eating our food, so it's a fair trade. It is fair. Yeah. Actually, I think it's in his favor, technically. Probably. But, uh, yeah, if we, if we do a cheers, Riley will say to uh, to the Riley Morheim Guild, formerly the Riley Morheim Company. Fortunately, still led by Riley Morheim. Here, here. Here, here. There, there. You're not funny, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> so, y'all enjoy dinner, and in into the night, uh, y'all all all rest for the evening, and bring on the next day. Riley, yeah, I'll find a nice, comfortable spot on the floor. Was going to find that comfortable spot on the floor, but I guess Brock can have it. That's fine. I mean, if you would if you would like the <laughs> comfortable spot on the floor, I, I mean, you can have it. It's it's not a big deal. No, no, by all means. Uh, anybody doing anything in particular? During sleepy time. Okay. 
Uh, Riley wants to catch Leaf before we end up falling asleep for the evening. Uh, I don't think you have a net big enough. I I have a sword. But yeah. That's kind of like it's like spearing. He is sword man. <laughs> okay. I am sword man. New, there you go. Mutants and masterminds. Sword man. <laughs> don't think we haven't talked about it. <laughs> I I would imagine you are quite capable of catching Leaf uh, before sleepy times. Yes. Yes. Leaf, excuse me. One second. Oh, uh, our illustrious leader. How can I help you? Uh, Riley gives a uh, another uh, courtly bow, still wearing the uh, wreath crown. And uh, he says, I just wanted to thank you again for the dinner. Of course, it's the least that I could do. And for uh, staying by me when I almost lost my life. <laughs> that was... Um, very kind of you. My my presence is uh, well paid for by the quality of your company. Well, it's difficult for me to say exactly where I'd be right now if I hadn't met you and the others. Whether I would have found myself in that position or not. But I am certainly glad to still be standing here in your company. And at the end of the road for this particular uh, adventure the end of the road well uh in my head i already have the journey back to deliver the lumber uh, i feel like absolutely nothing will happen during that quest you see leave this uh arriving in starlight is a rather big deal for me i feel as though i'm very close to finding the woman that i've been seeking for a very long time i, I did uh actually want to bring that up uh I've been trying to think of ways that I might be able to help you in your search. Uh, but I, I can't exactly tell you uh, what I've come up with for another few days as there's some preparations. But I, I do hope uh, that it comes as a pleasant surprise. Riley uh, holds up a hand and says, well, I do have to check with the Church of Calistria here. Um, I'm hoping to find her there and not have to look any further. But your thoughts are appreciated. Yep. Well, then it's in my best wishes that my efforts uh, go without need. Riley smiles, nods, and uh, fetches a uh, parcel from his uh, backpack and holds it out to leave. Like considering, a... considering that you uh, have kind of taken over as the guild's doctor, I thought it fitting to supply you with a healer's kit. Yeah, he, uh, you know, ple pleasant look of surprise. He smiles and uh, he starts kind of going through all the pieces and familiarizing himself with the components. And not only that, Riley will uh, flick his wrist to uh, pull out the silver dagger he has stored in his wrist sheath. And he'll uh, hold it out uh, hilt first towards Leaf and say... I've acquired a suitable replacement for this dagger. I, it's made of silver, the bane for lycanthropes, and I hope you'll accept it as a symbol of friendship between you and I. I'll accept it gladly. And uh, he, he just kind of like takes it, however it's offered, blade first, handle first, what, what have you. <laughs> Definitely handle first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I trust it comes with a sheath. 
Well, I was carrying it in my wrist sheath, so unfortunately, I didn't even think about that. So, actually, um, he just kind of right. like gingerly sets it on the table, like point facing away from him. Uh, Sean, the uh, that uh, ghost touch dagger I got from the uh, five finger fillet, does that have a sheath? Yeah. Would it fit the silver dagger I was carrying? Yeah. Then I'll give him that. It's even more of a personal gift then. Yeah, so Riley will fetch the uh, dagger he got at Elf Murder Castle and remove the uh, the sheath from that and pass it over to Leaf. Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you. Yes, I do hope you never have to use it, but it's good to carry a blade on your person. Uh, it, it'll uh, stand as a monument to uh, many of our good memories together. My thoughts exactly. Oh, here I am manually typing things up, and these items are spontaneously appearing in my inventory. <laughs> <laughs> it's always spooky when that happens. Always spooky. Well, this is supposed to be a horror podcast. Really? It's been a delight so far. Like, we just had dinner. I know. This was a good bonding experience. I feel like we spend most of the time laughing instead of screaming. I mean, you were just crowned queen. Like, what's horrifying about that? Absolutely nothing. Maybe his legs, when he puts on the pretty dress, he probably hadn't shaved With the thought of whatever legislation he'll lay out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know that Riley has zero ranks of profession politics. Oh, that's a bad thing. Shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably not the best for this job. Yeah, and I think with that, like, Riley and Leaf probably talk a little bit into the evening before turning in. You talk a bit, go to bed. And the night, for the first time in a while, everybody has pleasant sleep. Nobody has a nightmare, nobody's dying of poison, nobody's sick as fuck. Everybody just has a peaceful rest. And it comes the next day, and I believe that at the very least two of you are seeking people. I I believe so. I do believe that is the case, yes. Yes, indeed. This is the case. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh let, let's start with how how like where are y'all looking? Where is the first place y'all begin to look. Well, I, I feel like Riley would say that he's looking for the, the church, right? That's the uh, that's the plan. He'd probably uh, hit up Clint for some directions and uh, prepare himself in the morning mentally for whatever is about to come. Are we, are we going to travel as a group to look for everybody's friends or are we going to split up? This is something that Riley needs to do take care of on his own okay then Brock would go on his own as well although he would he would ask for a description of the, the girl just in case like he bumps into her like hey there she is yeah and uh sure yeah just like meeting up in the morning Riley will uh give his description of Victoria um describing her as someone about his same height maybe slightly shorter um from when he remembered she had long straight black hair uh, fair skin, um, dark brown eyes, 
he, he gives the whole run through. Uh, and then I would also give you a description of Shaylin and uh, Maximilian, which are the two people I'm looking for. The two of you set out. Uh, Brock, uh, do you have anywhere in particular that you feel like looking first? Uh, I mean, the letter I got was pretty nondescript about where to look for them, so I would just probably go kind of to, from tavern to tavern and end to end to see if like this just happens to be the one that they're staying at. All right. Oh, let me roll a die here. But also try and like I guess the more populated big party areas, just because if there's a lot of people, there's a good chance that they might be one of those people. The the party hasn't quite yet begun, but people are in uh, very very much in preparation mode. Uh, there are many busy and bustling streets and little markets and whatnot going on but uh so i think that the tavern hopping is probably a, a good way to go okay uh, adding ins to that list and it won't be long actually before you're walking along and i need you to make a perception check See, this is one of the things I should actually be good at. Uh, 17. Alright. So, with your 17, you notice a strange sound. Uh, getting closer. It's similar to that of a small insect, but louder and approaching from further away. Uh, as you look around, you see a small, silver, oblong shape. Uh, with two blurry wings next to it. Uh, it is this that seems to be making the sound, uh, and it is zooming toward you. Uh, it's very tiny, probably about the size of a bumblebee. Uh, and, and it hovers over your head and makes a loud dinging noise. I kind of look at it and then look around. Uh... Yes, uh, when you look around, uh, just mere moments after it does so, you see a familiar face breaking through the crowd. Uh, it would be Maximilian. Oh, well then I would... And he waves to you. Immediately head his direction and lay back. So, it, after a few moments, you both navigate through the crowd uh, in the street, and uh, Maximilian's like... Ah, uh, Brock, old friend, it's good to see you. I would approach him and give him a hug. I'd be like, it has been a long time, friend. It has. Two years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, that would that would be correct. Is everything is everything well with you and Shaylin? Yes, every, everything's well. Great, even. Uh, here, uh, we're not too far away. Uh, come join us. Uh, I would follow him. Uh, he leads you down the street a bit, and uh, the small metallic bumblebee uh, flies to him and lands in his hand, uh, after which he pockets it. <clears throat> uh, you're taken to a nearby tavern, uh, which was actually your next stop, uh, once you would have noticed it, and uh, he leads you inside. Uh, sitting at a table 
near the uh, near the northern wall. Uh, you notice Shelin. Uh, she is also there, uh, talking with somebody uh, whom you do not recognize. Okay. I would approach the table and uh, kind of give her a hug, and I would be like, "Is is everything well with you as well? Is is every is everything going all right?" Uh, Brock, it's so great to see you. Yes, uh, everything's amazing. Amazing. Uh, uh, yes. Um, uh, I, I I take it uh, Maximilian hasn't told you yet. Uh, he is not now. Uh, she will hold up her hand, uh, revealing a small ring of silver and gold. Uh, with three rubies set in it. Uh, we're going to get married. I would I would look at the guy that I don't know, and I would look at the guy, I would look at Maximilian, and I would say to, to Maximilian? Uh, yes, friend. Uh, this is, uh, this is George here. Uh, we met him. He's a local. Uh, just doing a bit of business with him. And, and the man kind of waves at you up. Uh, nice to meet you. I would wave at him, and I would look back at her, and I would go, "This is this is wonderful news." So I take it everything went well after I left them. Uh, it was hard for a little while, but yes, the town's shored up, and uh, we actually have a proper home there now. Uh, but we came to Starlight for the festivities. It's supposed to be a great big party, and Maximilian's making a killing so far. Uh, doing uh effectively daytime trading honestly but uh we we have we have a gift from you uh, or a gift for you uh we visited your homeland for a little while and uh and somebody uh somebody we met knew you and they told us to give you this and she starts uh digging around in a nearby bag you you went to my homeland is is everything uh, well there? Is everyone fine? Maximilian pipes up. Uh, everything seems all right. Uh, I mean, they're a little stuffy down there and untrusting of outsiders, but it, that we were warmly welcomed as far as it goes, and uh, we traded for some good ore and some good gemstones. That is so. That is good. I I had a nightmare not but a few weeks ago of horrible events of the. Uh, occurring to the town. I, I'm sure it's been longer than that since you've been there, but at least some idea that they're doing okay is, is good. Well, yes, it's been a couple of months, uh, but uh, everything seemed fine while we were there. Uh, at this point, Shellen, uh she pulls out uh, a an iron and silver circlet out of her bag and prevent, presents it to you with a smile. Uh, however, uh, it takes you only a moment to notice what this is and your heart kind of sinks. Uh, it is the circlet of uh, your great-grandfather, Aster. Oh. Uh, likely this is being sent as a way uh, this has been sent as a way to 
inform you uh, of his passing, as such a thing would not likely be shared with outsiders. Uh, I would, I would take it, and I would look at it solemnly for a moment, and then I would look back at her and smile and say, "Thank you very much. Uh, this, this means a lot mm-hmm. to me." And I would put it on my wrist. Uh, Maximo, it's a circlet, not a bangle. Oh, like a head thing. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah that, that makes metal sense. head. That makes sense. Okay, then I will not put it on because that's kind of weird right now. <laughs> Um, Maximilian slaps you on the back and and it's like see I knew he'd like it and uh but Shellen seems to have noticed that you weren't exactly elated uh to see this and she she asks is everything alright bro uh he would he'll nod he'll be like uh it is Simply a sign that my my great grandfather has passed. It is it oh, is I'm, a late. I'm so element. sorry. Uh, he'll shake his head and be like, "Our our culture does not believe in in mourning death. We believe death should be celebrated. So it is it is not. It is sad to know that he is gone, but it is it is a good thing. Well, then we should have a drink in his honor. We certainly should. He would. He would definitely enjoy that. Uh, and Shailen and Maximilian will call over to have uh, to have drinks brought. Uh, some some fine drinks uh, on which they ask you what would be most appropriate. Uh, do they have anything in Dwarven? Uh, yes, Dwarven stout's pretty widely available. Uh, then that would that will work. All right. So you all crack open uh, a, a cold one. What the boys? Uh, well, there's a girl here, but I suppose technically yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you 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 all crack open a, a dwarven stout because I like to think that dwarven stouts in bottles. Uh, he'll he'll uh, hold he'll hold up I guess the bottle, and he'll be like. Uh... He'll say, we are supposed to remember those who have passed as they have lived. And typically that is drunk. So let us get drunk. <laughs> and then he, yeah, yeah. he will uh, kind of toast and then start drinking. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, you all drink, talking for a while, catching up on uh, some of the more mundane bits of the last two years uh, and Maximilian and Shailen will be like uh, we're really sorry about uh, inviting you so vaguely uh, there's apparently been a lot of problems these days with bandits intercepting mail and laying ambushes for people so we didn't want to do that to you uh, he will nod. He will be like. He will, he will say. Uh, I was. I was only concerned since the vagueness made me think it might possibly be something negative. But now that I know the news, it is. It is wonderful. There's. There's no cause for concern. Uh, yes. Um, we're going to have our ceremony uh, during New Year's. During New Year's. 
we yes we wanted the uh the ring to ring us in to a new year and a new life together well i uh i will be happy to be there it will it will be a great honor for me to join you on such a day Maximilian kind of like leans over to you and like puts his arm around you. He's like, you know, you're gonna be the best man, right? And he kind of just like n- nuzzles his fist into your collar. I just kind of look up at him and and uh, you in in two years you haven't met anybody more impressive than I. <laughs> I can't say that I've met anybody that I shared quite such a strong friendship with in such a short time. Well, defending one's uh, one's home does that for you. It does. Speaking of, uh, of friendship, I have actually met a new group that I've been traveling with recently. They are uh, interesting. You should uh, you should meet them. We'd love to come together, and maybe they can all come to the wedding, too. Well, if you would have them, I'm sure they would come. I'm sure if you're your friends, then they're great people. They are. They are certainly people. <laughs> wow, Brock. <laughs> Wait <Waited>. a <laughs> Way, way to show confidence in them. Way to exclude Fox and Grey Malkin. <clears throat> I consider them people. They get votes. They're people. Uh, that's right. They do get votes. Alright, so... I think you probably hang out with them for a while more. Yeah, I would, uh, I would have a couple more drinks, drinks, have some small talk, and then eventually I would probably lead them back to Quince if they want to meet the group now, or, you know, at least tell them where we're staying if they want to stop by. Uh, in the meantime, Riley, Riley Morheim, you head into town, your directions from Clint directing you to the Church of Calistria. When you arrive, it is in its own way, it stands out quite a bit from the buildings around it. Whereas the rest of the city has mostly these white with slightly uh, iridescent colors uh, coming off of them. These crystals that light the, the streets and alleys. Uh, the Callistrian temples uh, instead have a combination of these white and uh very intense yellow crystals. It's very obviously, even without the coloration and the symbolism, a temple of Callistria, given that outside there are many a woman, many a man, and many an indistinguishable person soliciting for their holy rites. The gate of the temple, or the doors of the temple, are open wide, and uh, within there is a long hall 
At the far end, much like a cathedral, stands a pew at which uh, a elven man in dark robes uh, and with yellow symbols upon it uh, seems to be preaching. Many doorways leading to small rooms and lounges and beds out in the open uh, are being utilized by the divine prostitutes of Callistria. Uh, where would you like to go first? Uh, so I think um, Riley's uh, movements through all of this is a uh, slow, steady, observational, but I think given that there's a man giving a sermon at the end of the hallway, um, he's mostly going to keep an eye out for, if not Victoria, someone he recognizes. And then if he doesn't see anyone until he gets to the uh, the sermon, he'll probably like sit down and listen for a little bit. All right. So the vast group of these people strangers either just milling about conversating listening to the sermon or uh, having a bit of fun uh none of them look particularly familiar to you uh go ahead and make me a perception check i can do that probably let's see that's 18 all right so, with your 18, you would look around and you'd notice a couple uh, a couple of the people around that don't seem to be socializing as much also seem to be dressed a, a bit differently. The colors of Callistria are black and yellow, and most of the people within wear said colors. However, there are a few whom wear white and yellow instead, and those are these few who seem to be more contemplative and separated. Interesting. Is, uh, like, Riley comes at this from very little, uh, from a very little religious background, though he did get that fancy, uh, Wikipedia book all about Callistria. So, are these, like, <laughs> um, do, does he get the impression that these people are, like, higher-up clerics or something? Uh, I don't think he would get that impression. Uh, if you would like to consult uh, the book <laughs> of Wikipedia um, while sitting in one of the pews, uh, you may. Um, yeah, why not? Uh, take in a little bit of the atmosphere, listen to the sermon, and also kind of thumb through just to try not to uh, create much of a scene, even though that's a little contrary to who Riley is. <laughs> Alright. So, you sit, uh, and half listening and half not, uh, the sermon is covering some fairly basic tenets of uh, Calistria. Uh, what is that? Uh, what harm is done to you should be done in kind. Uh, at, in retribution uh, that the pleasures of uh, the flesh are holy and uh, given by the gods to mortals uh, to enjoy uh, 
such things as that. Uh, it does seem that this man is likely a priest or cleric of uh, of Calistria, or at least um, the uh, the speaker for the evening. Uh, while you thumb through your book, uh, I have done a secret rule in the matter. Um, <laughs> But uh, you do come across uh, a notation more than a, a section uh, that there are members of the Calistrian faith that wear uh, other colors um, and that they are known as the handmaidens of the savored stink. Uh, they forego the whole... Uh, uh, pleasures of the flesh thing and take a more philosophical view uh, of what is known and it's in quotation marks as one's justice. Well, that's very interesting both to me and to Riley and um, the uh, two people in the room, uh, I'm assuming they're dressed like uh, such handmaidens. Yes. Uh, and they are both female. Um, now, you might remember from when you asked Mr. Bourne, uh, but when he saw Victoria, uh, one of the reasons she stood out is because she wore not the black and yellow of the Kuruistrians, but a white and yellow instead. Thanks for the reminder. Awfully kind of you. You're welcome. Okay, cool. Cool. Then, um, you know what? Riley's going to... He's been patient. Again, un, a little uncharacteristically, but he's trying to take this one seriously. So uh, he will wait for the sermon to complete because he doesn't want to interject or uh, <laughs> um, interrupt these people who are thinking about the sermon as it's going on. So he's just going to kind of uh, close the book and listen and maybe try to get a little bit more of a personal understanding with this religion at this point in time anyways. All right, so the sermon will end. The man, the elven man, uh, will step down from the podium, and uh, not, but a few moments later, an elven woman will step up to it. She begins speaking in a loud voice, and it seems to be the beginning of another, somewhat more intense sermon. Some of the parishioners get up and, and part. Hello everybody, this is Sean the GM here. I'd like to take a note right here that we lost a small amount of audio, but I'll go ahead and explain what happened. So after the male elf stepped down from the podium, he went along the side of the room. Riley then went to ask one of the handmaidens if she knew Victoria and where to find her. This handmaiden redirected him to this elven man whose name is Father Prius. We will pick up with him approaching Father Prius, and I'm very sorry for this lost audio. We're not quite sure why it happened. Can I help you? Yes, Father. I'm looking for someone, and I was told that you might be able to help direct me to her. Is that so? Who might that be? I am looking for a woman named Victoria Renwald. And who may I ask are you? Well, I'll be honest, I'm glad you asked. 
My name is Riley. Riley Morheim of the Riley Morheim Guild, formerly known as the Riley Morheim Company. Oh, that's a mouthful. I think it could be longer. I'll work on it. Please don't. I'll take it under consideration. But I'm an old... Follow me. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, I think that's good. Yeah, Riley was going to say a whole other sentence, and I just picture the father like turning and walking off, saying, come with me. <laughs> I like it. If you insist. <laughs> I'm assuming he's not like being threatening or something. Like I'm walking into like a weird trap. No, he okay. He he seems uh very direct. He has he has an air about him of he he seems very uh direct and imposing. I see. Uh, for an elf, his shoulders are quite broad and his robes uh as with many Calistrians, is pretty f well fitted to his body and he has a somewhat almost triangular shape to his torso belying his uh his rather fit physique awesome yeah i i mean riley's gonna follow that's fine all right so you follow him down uh, towards the uh, around like the middle of where the pew area is but on the right side of the cathedral uh, and there is a set of relatively small double doors uh, he opens one and motions for you to follow Riley nods I mentioned something about him not being uh, particularly um, talkative but we'll uh, head through he'll remark and he says One's words should not be without thought. Hmm. <laughs> Riley uh, was going to say something like, it must take you an awful uh, long time to think about the words you're going to say. But he uh, chooses instead not to say that. <laughs> he has imparted his wisdom. Success. Yes, yes that's fair. <laughs> uh, so, you, uh, you had down the hall for a little bit uh, to which there will be uh, like this hall is just lined with doors uh, some of which have greater spaces between them and others not uh, towards around the three quarters mark of the hallway uh, near a small grouping of doors he will stand at one and knock and go ahead and make me a perception That is a uh, 14. 14. You can hear a voice from within. It's feminine. And while not exact, it does seem familiar. It says, who is it? It's Father Prize. I have someone here to see you. This is Tracy, the voice of a deer. I would like to take a moment to tell you about a new podcast. It's called Dustrous. We have a pre-colonialism 
Native American, a Old West gambler, and a modern day teenager from Detroit. Dropped off in a brand new world full of magic and absolute chaos. I am the DM. I will try to wrangle them and guide them as they make their journey across this world and maybe learn some new things and right some wrongs. If you like high magic fantasy, this is definitely a world for you. You can find us on Twitter at Dustress Podcast, and we hope you join us there and in the Discord. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Don. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at HexgridHeroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Cory in Pokemon Seichao. Over there, I also sit down with a couple of my friends and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting. If you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies, I also do a horror movie review podcast over on the Necropodicon Network. It's right there in the name, How to Survive a Horror Movie, where we talk about movies like Legion, Hush, and Quiet Place, and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better and what would be our perfect sequel. That's all for me for now. You never know I'm going to have another project, so follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Don Buley. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what the control, control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, you guys probably like wouldn't. Like the zone? You guys, where you get I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the, the Wild West out there. <laughs> LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5E podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. And until next time, everyone, may the Eldritch Gods watch your dreams.